What's up, y'all? It's your host, the Sensei NK, back with another episode. First, I say thank you to everyone that listened to my last joint and as well as subscribing and leaving a like. I truly appreciate it. And today, 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 I am here with a close friend. Oh, I've known this dude for not even that long, uh, only a year so, only a year so far. And he's literally a jack of all trades. He knows how to cut hair. He knows the stock market, Bitcoin, everything and everything. Every, Anything and everything. And today I am with my guest, Devin Boeing. How you doing, bro? Good, bro. Thanks for inviting me. I appreciate you having me. Ah, no problem. No problem. So the reason why I hit you up to for this podcast is I've seen a lot of things blow up, especially stocks and the big one, Bitcoin. Bitcoin going on right now. And since you do all you talk about this on your on your TikTok, I'll say, hey, who better to know? Who who would know more? So first, okay, what is Bitcoin? Let me just start off there. Let me start with something simple. For sure. Um, so pretty much Bitcoin is uh, a cryptocurrency that's uh, pretty much being seen as a store <coughs> as a store of value right now. Um, <clears throat> a lot of people get the misconception that Bitcoin um, is going to be used as a currency or a global currency. But I think um, if you research Bitcoin, you kind of realize uh, um, the technical issues that Bitcoin has as far as like speed um, and transaction speed. Um, it's not really going to be best used for uh, actual currency or currency exchange. But um, right now, Bitcoin is really just being seen as a digital gold um, and pretty much gold 2.0 um, as, a, as a nice store of value for your money. Gold 2.0. I've never heard of someone t- uh, explain it that way. Why would you call it that? Because why would you even use it at all? For sure. Um, because of really because of how easy it is to actually hold and um, actually just hold the currency um, because of this uh, because of this digital aspect um, compared to gold. Um, it's a lot easier to, to store your money um, instead of buying gold bars um, in physical form. Um, and just because of the fact that um, it's easeability um, being sent across the blockchain um, just makes it a lot easier than transporting or um, transferring gold gold bars into into another currency. So just oh. the ease, the ease and uh, simplicity of it. Really, really okay. Because there was like a spike a few months ago, right? And isn't the way that you you make a Bitcoin is you mine it on the internet, right? So what is stopping it from like being bigger than the dollar since it's so much easier to access if you just have a strong enough computer? You're right. Um, what's stopping it really? Um, there really isn't too much stopping it considering the dollar is devaluing at a, at a, at a crazy rate right now. Really? Um, yeah, with, uh, especially over the past year with COVID um, and just the amount of money the Fed has been printing. Um, they've really been like devaluing the dollar. Um, I think I read somewhere, I think it was between 20 and 30% of all of the U.S. dollar um, in circulation was printed in 2020. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, to put that into uh, kind of a picture, like a lot of a lot of the, the U.S. dollars has been um, being printed over the past year. And because of that, that's causing inflation and devaluing the, the U.S. dollar. Um, so realistically, it could. Um, and as we see the U.S. dollar, like, uh, quickly um, decline in value. Um, Bitcoin could potentially replace it, but like I said, it does have like the, a lot slower transactions. So it might be another cryptocurrency that would uh, be better fit 
for being like a global uh, currency. Oh, so we just use that all the whole world has to do it uh, simultaneously for it to be a thing to use. Yeah, for sure. Wait, so governments are looking into it then, huh? Yeah, for sure. Um, it's actually interesting because um, if anyone's been following Bitcoin uh, for the few years, um, the U.S. government especially has always been kind of against it um, and kind of believe that Bitcoin isn't um, safe and it's really used by people that are trying to do uh, illegal activities. But the reality is that Bitcoin is actually um, probably the worst way to do your illegal transactions just because of the fact that... Um, <clears throat> isn't there a code? Yeah, there's a, it's pretty much everything is uh, kept track on the blockchain. So if you really wanted to look into someone's transactions, you can, it's pretty much all there. It's public information. Mm. Yeah, which is kind of interesting about uh, um, Bitcoin. But um, yeah, I think a lot of governments are uh, quickly realizing its value. Um, <clears throat> right now, I don't think a lot of governments are buying it. But what's really happening is, especially in the U.S., is that institutions are buying Bitcoin. Um, yeah, so a lot of companies are buying Bitcoin. Um, there's this company called MicroStrategy that decided to transfer all of their cash and their balance sheet um, to Bitcoin. Um, that's how much they're believing in it. Um, and there's can't, other companies. Can't it yeah. crash? Can't Bitcoin crash? Realistically, Bitcoin has gotten past the point where it can't really crash. Um, <clears throat> not really, especially as more of these institutions get in, they're looking to hold it long term. So um, it's going to be a lot more stable and a lot less volatile as the years go, um, as we get more companies in. Because, I mean, if you, if you see a company that decides to switch their whole balance sheet to Bitcoin, you have to realize that... Um, they're not looking for short term or like just a short term profit um, off of it. Um, they're really looking, they're seeing the, the long term future of it um, and its value, especially since of the, uh, just especially since it's such a limited supply. Um, there's only 21 million Bitcoin that could ever be uh, mined. Um, and just knowing that everyone wants to get up their hands on it. Um, only 21 million? Yeah, if you think about it, there's, there's about like 47 million millionaires in the world. And not even every millionaire in the world will be able to own one Bitcoin. So it's very scarce. Um, and that's part of the issue and why the reason why it's being bought so much. Um, and a lot of these institutions are realizing this. So they're, they're trying to buy it um, before the retail investors like me and you um, can get our hands on it. Huh. Yes. Wow. Okay. Okay. So... So it's not really, it's not a one-to-one -one ratio, okay, right? Uh, what do you mean? Like, like, let's say I give you a dollar and you won't give me like one Bitcoin back. Yeah, they're not equal. They're not a equal, okay. In a Bitcoin, it's not equal. So like one Bitcoin, I think the price is around like $34,000 right now. Yeah. For so in theory, it can go up so much that it's just limitless then, right? Yeah, pretty much. And like the thing is, as um, time goes on, Bitcoin gets more and more scarce because um, every four year, every four years, um, there's a halving. Um, the last halving was last uh, May. Um, so what the halving does is cuts the supply or the amount of Bitcoin that can be mined by the miners in half every year. So it's so a guy. Happens. Huh? It's just a guy that's just deciding. Guy. No, there's a lot of there's a lot of people that mine. But it's like it limits just because of like how the coding works. It limits the amount that they can mine every year. So that just makes it more and more rare as 
as the time goes on. Because eventually there's gonna get a point, I mean, eventually as it gets like more halved and like there's more halvings every four years, it's gonna be harder and harder, harder to mine Bitcoin just because of how limited you will be um, as far as mining. So it's only gonna get more scarce. The price is only gonna go up more. And I, that's what I was saying. A lot of these institutions are realizing this, but um, a lot of like retail investors aren't because they're still being uh, scared away by a lot of um, misleading headlines from the news and stuff. So in theory, if they all came to, okay, let's say, can you hack it then? Can you ha hack like the mainframe of Bitcoin? Yeah. That's what that's what makes Bitcoin so um, so valuable too. Is because of the fact that you can't have corruption within it. Um, the system, because of the fact that it's run through code, the protocol is only going to operate the same way over and over again. Um, and there's there's no other way that it's gonna that it's gonna operate just because of how blockchain technology works. Um, Every block on the blockchain has to be verified by other blocks. So it's, it's a whole process that, that um, really makes um, your transactions more authentic and a lot more uh, realistic as far as like transactions. Okay, there's too many steps for you to go through before you can yeah. like, let's say, fake it. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Who created it? Um, it's actually kind of interesting. Uh, no one really knows the creator of Bitcoin. Uh, which is also another, I guess, in my eyes, is a plus because of the fact that it's more decentralized. Um, um, and then, so no one really knows the owner, but like the, or not, no one really knows who made it. But uh, the person that, the name that's given is Satoshi Nakamoto. Um, and it's kind of just like an anonymous figure that was pretty active in like the Bitcoin community, like the early, early days when Bitcoin was first becoming a thing. But then after a while, they kind of just disappeared and never um, resurfaced on the internet. So it's kind of been a mystery um, who actually started Bitcoin. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Huh. Yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. Then, okay, you mentioned decentralizing um, finances. What does that really mean? Because I've, I looked it up and the most I got from it is basically there's not just one bank anymore. Right. So how... Decentralized finance can, can mean a lot of things, um, but we can talk about like the banking, like just the banking aspect of it too. Um, and it's really just the fact of the matter is that a lot of banks, you, you really don't need them um, realistically um, because of the fact that there's, there's so many, there's transaction fees, there's delays in um, transactions, um, banking's corrupt, we all know that. Mm -hmm. um, the big banks are very corrupt. So what decentralized finance really does is kind of takes the takes the control away from these big banks or like one entity and allows people to just bank by themselves through blockchain technologies and different decentralized applications um, that are available. So like with these decentralized applications, you can pretty much uh, have a savings account, have your own checking account, have um, you can get loans. You can um, let people borrow your money the same way that the bank bar uh, pretty much borrows your money. Um, and then also, which is way better than the bank, is that you know how your saving account, um, I don't know the interest rate for it is like very minimal, but like what you can do with a lot of uh, with uh, decentralized finance is actually gain um, more interest or gain more uh, return on your, uh, on your cryptocurrency just for holding it. Um, so it's a way better setup um, and I think it 
it also helps the uh, the communities around the world that don't have banks or their banking systems are a lot more corrupt than what we have in the U.S. Okay. Um, China kind of allows them to be um, able to bank and pretty much have their own banking system without um, any like government power or bank entity in control. Oh, okay. So people that stands to gain the most is the people. People that lose the most is the big banks. Exactly. Well, speaking of the big banks, um, a few days ago, AMC went crazy, uh, GameStop went crazy, and I think there's Nokia, I think it was? Yeah. They, those those went crazy, and then they stopped people from buying and selling it. Mm-hmm. What, what does that mean? Because of, isn't it in a free market, whoever is the best shall win, right? That's the whole point yeah. of a free market. And since that they closed it, is, I'm pretty sure that is a bad sign for America. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. So I've been talking about decentralized finance and decentralization for a little bit here on my TikToks and my social media platforms. Mm-hmm. And if you guys haven't already checked out uh, my TikTok, follow me at Invest with Debo. Mm-hmm. Um, that's also my Twitter and Instagram handle. So definitely check me out there. Um, but I've been talking about on decentralization a little bit. But is it got even more clear why we need decentralized finance over the past week because of what we saw Robin Hood and a lot of these other brokerages and hedge funds pull on the people. Um, like you said, it's supposed to be a free market. So the, the best person is supposed to win. But as you see, when the hedge funds and the big people are losing, or the very wealthy people are losing their money, um, the script very much changes. Um, and that's another thing that decentralized finance can help with because um, instead of, um, there's already decentralized apps right now that allow you um, to pretty much trade stocks on the tra- stock market without um, having like an owner like Robinhood or having a bank that owns the broker. Um, so with decentralized finance, something like what happened with Robinhood over the few days, over the last few days, um, wouldn't have been able to happen just because of um, everything would be decentralized and there wouldn't be one person that could control or stop trading for any reason. Mm. Speaking on that, what actually happened for them to stop it? Because yeah. I thought there was going to be a bubble burst like in 2008 with the housing crisis, but it turns out it's completely on the other side. What really happened? Yeah. So what was going on with and the reason why these the, those certain stocks were chosen um, is because they were um, heavily shorted by these hedge funds. Um, and what that means is that the hedge funds are pretty much betting that the price of these stocks are going to be very, very low by a certain date. Um, and by doing that, they were heavily betting on, especially GameStop, that it was going to be um, very low because of the fact that it's a dying company. Wasn't it, it going to go bankrupt? Yeah, exactly. All, all these, pretty much all these companies are struggling. Okay. Um, um, so it's not like I keep saying it's not a solid investment to be happening into these trends because there's no value behind them. But um, people can make money, but uh, back to back to what I was saying. Um, pretty much, what's going on was that because of these hedge funds were uh, shorting the stock so much, even to the point where they were shorting it um, more than the amount of shares that are available. Um, the people on Reddit pretty much saw this, and they're like, "Oh, okay, we can take advantage of this by buying and making sure the price is above where they um, shorted it at." Um, so what happened is pretty much people tried to pump the stock. Um, pump these stocks so that Wall Street would have to, um, not yeah, pretty much Wall Street would have to keep buying more of the stock because the way um, a short squeeze works is that um, because the hedge fund managers were um, <clears throat> shorting the stock so heavily, 
the only reason, the only way that they can make profit or gain money when the stock is going up is by buying it and trying to break even um, by riding the wave up. So it, it really has created a, a big uh, snowball effect of the hedge fund managers trying to buy up um, and cover their short positions. And then also a lot of these Reddit people hyping up the stocks um, and just trying to get quick, easy bread. Um, and it just really creates a, creates a huge price increase. Okay, so since they did that, that's why everyone is... I've seen a lot of people deleting the Robinhood, the Robinhood apps, right? So like you were saying before, they would go to, let's say, crypto or more uh, decentralized funds, right? Mm. If you run that over and over and over, for let's say five years from now, what do you think it's going to start looking like? If everyone decides to go to decentralized way. Yeah. Um, um, I think, honestly, it would just give more freedom to the people. Um, and don't get me wrong here, decentralization, there's, there's different degrees to it. Um, so everything might not be 100% decentralized. But the thing, the best thing I could see happening from it is really just people realizing that they don't need a lot of these big entities anymore. Um, and that they can really do a lot of what they do by themselves without being screwed over um, by like Robinhood or these other brokers or other banks um, in the process. So mm. I think it's just really just a big pivoting moment for people um, and just realizing the power that they have and what they can do by themselves. Okay. Wait, how did you even get into um, investing then? Yeah. Um, so I started, I really started with uh, stocks. Um, my, the summer after freshman year or the summer of freshman year. Um, so like after, just last year, not last year, two years ago? Yeah, two years ago. Okay. Um, I worked uh, hella. I worked my ass off the whole summer. <laughs> yeah, I was doing painting work and just like other home enhancement work. Um, and that's how I started uh, with the money that I got from there within, um, and I invested that in the stock market. So I've been in the stock market for a little bit now um, and kind of just been growing and learning from my mistakes and doing my research. Um, and then really I got into crypto because of COVID, when COVID hit. Okay. Um, really because I saw how um, how unprepared and kind of like, yeah, pretty, really, really how like unprepared our government was for something like COVID. Um, and just like realizing that I started to do more research on Bitcoin and, and understanding how our do and the US dollar is being devalued. Um, I gained more interest in Bitcoin um, just because it doesn't make sense to really hold your money in just like all cash or just um, straight fiat anymore. Um, just because of you, you're losing money at the end of the day. So just doing my research and just understanding what's really the shift that's really happening um, kind of led me to investing into crypto. Um, and it's kind of why I'm more focused on crypto right now than uh, stocks, but stocks is where I started for sure. Okay, that's good, that's good. Do you have any advice for people that's looking into making some, well, long-term money on, on stocks? Because I'm pretty sure you're, it's not smart to think of it in the short in the short term for stocks because of it's, you don't make as much. Right. So. Um, personally, the, the way I look at um, pretty much all my investments is the long term. Okay. So I plan to hold at least everything that I buy for at least a year. Okay. And I think that's the best way. One, because of the fact um, that you can keep building out that position um, over the year and you don't just buy in once and then try and make these gains. 
Because if you really, what you should be doing investing wise is looking for companies or assets that have quality and value um, and that will continue to bring that quality and value throughout the years. So by doing that, what you're doing um, <clears throat> is investing in something that you know is gonna perform well. Um, and then one thing about that is that um, people don't realize that short-term investing and just like these day trading moves, you're gonna be taxed heavily because of it. Mm. Uh, anywhere up to 30% um <laughs> for yeah. whatever profit you make so um just keep that in mind when you're doing this and then uh, the, the the taxes are a lot cheaper or a lot less when you hold it um for over a year uh -huh. hold any asset for over a year oh. so that's part of the reason why i'm more into long term but i just feel like long term is the only way to build wealth um in my opinion and short term is really the way i look at it is um it's kind of like a money generator if you really don't have any money to uh, work with. Okay. Um, it's also very risky. And at the end of the day, I, I'd really just recommend anyone before they do any short-term trading or like short-term investing that they work on their long-term portfolio um, just to have that solid foundation um, of assets that are gonna be working for you. Mm, okay, that's fair, that's fair. Speaking of other cryptocurrencies, what other ones are you really high on? Yeah. Uh, Pretty pretty high on my list is Ethereum. Oh okay. Um, card. Yeah, Ethereum. Pretty much on um, Ethereum. What Ethereum is doing, I could talk about a little bit about Ethereum because uh, one of my favorite projects right now. Um, but Ethereum pretty much allows um any developer. It's a platform that allows any developer to build um decentralized applications on it. Um, so like what we're talking about these decentralized finance applications. Um. A lot of those are being built on Ethereum's platform. Um, so the, the thing about Ethereum is that it's kind of endless what you can really build on the platform because you can take any app that you have now in just the regular app store or anything like that and build it on Ethereum and make it decentralized. So even let's say social medias can become, um, become decentralized um, so that Twitter, like somewhere like Twitter doesn't- No one would be uh, censored then, huh? Yeah, exactly. There'd be no censorship. Um, it'd really be what social media kind of, what social media should have been because of the fact that it's really just meant for people to interact um, with freedom of speech and, and whatnot. But um, there's also the risks that come with that because you have people that are very- um, Reckless. At, at, yeah, reckless with their information that they put on social media um, and just reckless with their opinions. Um, so that that is an issue that could be that could, someone could point out, but at the end of the day, I think um, people are able to govern um, their speech better than the government's able to govern their speech. Oh, okay. So in that sense, I think it's just, um, I think it's just better uh, to be using decentralized applications and using platforms like Ethereum to build a lot of these decentralized applications. Would you want to create an application for yourself? Um, honestly, I've thought about it. I don't know exactly what I want to create and I don't really necessarily have the funding for it. Mm. Um, Cause the thing about cryptocurrency is that pretty much everyone can create a cryptocurrency. Um, if you look at Dogecoin, that was created by some random guy um, as a meme. So anyone could create a cryptocurrency. It's really about if your cryptocurrency is able to bring value to other people so that they're willing to invest in it. What um, is Dogecoin? I'm yeah, so I can talk about Dogecoin too. Dogecoin is literally, I think it was started about 10 years ago. Um, and it was literally a meme cryptocurrency. 
cryptocurrency. The one with the um, dog, right? Yeah. Okay, okay. So it was really based off of that meme with the dog. Um, and some guy really just made a coin about it. And it was kind of really made fun. It was kind of used to make fun of the crypto, um, pretty much the crypto community at the time because no one was taking it serious 10 years ago. Um, so then it was kind of just created as a meme and purely as a meme um, with no other purpose. But as you see, it's, it's gravitating towards a lot of people um, as of recently. Would you put money in that? I, I feel like that is very yeah. reckless because can it like just drop? Mm-hmm. Okay. And I think it's even more reckless than even buying it to GameStop or any of these other short squeeze stocks because of the fact that Dogecoin is purely uh, a meme coin um, with no value behind it. It has an unlimited supply. I think it's like millions of Dogecoins are, are made a day, every day. So realistically, um, it's, it's, it has no value. Um, so that's why I keep saying Dogecoin isn't a solid investment. Um, but another thing is that Dogecoin can make you money because you can have someone like Elon Musk say something or tweet about Dogecoin and the price can go up 300% in a day. So it's like, it can make you money. Um, personally, I do have some money invested in Dogecoin and it's really just my gambling money. I wouldn't even be taking it serious. Um, and I kind of don't even check on it. I kind of just let it do its own thing. But if you're really trying to make money, you shouldn't be trying to invest your money into Doge because that's probably the last thing you should be putting your money into. Oh, okay. I, f- I feel it. I feel it. Wait, speaking of um, cryptos, who has the most? Who has the most? Yeah. Um, honestly, it's kind of hard to tell who has the most uh, just because of the fact that um, there there is a way to track who, like, you can't look at, like, people's crypto wallets and see how much they hold inside of them. You can look but at people's... Some... Really? Yeah, so you, but there's no name attached to the crypto wallet. Oh, okay. So, so it's just a number. number. Yeah, it's just a long address with a bunch of random numbers and um, letters um, that make up the address. But it's it's honestly kind of hard to tell because there's so many addresses um, and there's so many people um, that just are invested in it and that really haven't talked about it and haven't really become public about investing into crypto. Um, so there still is that anonymous, anonymous um, aspect to it, um, just because there's not no name, there isn't a name attached to your um, wallet or any anything crypto related, really. Um, so it's kind of hard to tell, but uh, there are a lot of people that are owning a lot, um, especially the institutions. I think the institutions kind of like uh, yeah, uh, MicroStrategy put over a billion into um, Bitcoin within the past couple of months. Oh, that's how much they've been buying. Um, Grayscale is another institution that's been buying over a billion worth of uh, Bitcoin over the past couple of months. So I think people um, got to realize that like it's not the people really that are owning it. It's the institutions that are owning it. And the reason why is because they understand the value. And what they're going to do is pretty much own as much of it and then try and sell it back to people. And then, then by then it's going to be like, why didn't you just buy your own Bitcoin years ago when you had the chance? Um, but yeah, that's kind of like the long-term game. Like that's kind of like the game they're playing, um, with the people. Um, but yeah, that's why I always suggest people need to get their Bitcoin, own some Bitcoin. Um, I think it's crucial for everyone to own Bitcoin. Cause like I said, not even every millionaire will be able to own one Bitcoin. Um, that's how scarce it's going to be. So you owning a little bit is going to carry you a long way. Okay. So don't put the house on it, but put the house on it. Yeah. 
kind of. Um, another thing about investing is like never invest anything that you're Can't not willing to lose. Yeah. Um, so with that in mind, um, personally, I'm very confident in my investments because of the, the amount of time and research I put into them. Um, and even if I do start to feel a little bit unconfident, what I just do is do more research. Um, and that really just reassures me. Um, but so far I haven't had, um, any skeptical, um, analysis about Bitcoin or any of the other cryptocurrencies. Um, I'm pretty confident in a lot of them still, and I think they're going to do very well this year, especially. Okay. Okay. That's good. That's good. Um, have, wait, I forgot to ask this a while ago. Have any, um, governments truly adapted cryptocurrency as the national, as the national currency yet? Mm, yeah, there's um, there's a few countries. I think uh, I think there's a I can't remember. It starts with a U. Um, it's Ukraine. Not Uganda. Uh, it's like a European country that starts with a U. Ukraine. Uh, I think Ukraine. Yeah, Ukraine. Um, started using um stellar lumens, um, and they're looking into stellar lumens, which is another cryptocurrency. Um, the ticker for that is XLM. Um, so you guys can look into them, um, but I don't think they've made it their official like currency, but they're definitely um, looking to use it um, just because of how, because they're like, it's, like, like I was saying, a lot of countries, like their, their currencies are losing value, um, including the U.S. and especially Ukraine. Um, so like they're looking for other assets like cryptocurrencies that are going to help um, save their crypto, kind of save their uh, fiat money um, from deflation. So like that country is looking at it. Um, but I think what's really gonna, the, the area that's really gonna um, use crypto the most is kind of just the continent of Africa, um, just because of the fact that um, Africa is still very, very, um, it has a lot of potential as far as um, the systems that could be built in Africa. Um, and cryptocurrency is actually perfect for Africa just because of the fact that there aren't a lot of banks set up. Um, and um, Africans um, can just bank with themselves. Um, it's actually interesting because Nigeria is like the second biggest country, or yeah, the second biggest country as far as buying um, Bitcoin. So um, yeah, if you look at Africa, I think Africa's as a continent um, is going to be where uh, a lot of crypto is going to be um, very prominent and used, probably. Wow! Wow! Hmm. Mm -hmm. I think I'm in. Wow, that's crazy. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Wow. wow. All right, bro. Oh, first, I would say thank you so much for being on the podcast. I've learned so much in this short 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I'll make sure you follow him on all social media as well as TikTok and look at his Instagram. You'll find his link tree to everything that he's doing. All right, y'all. Have a great day, bro. Have a day. <laughs> <You too. laughs> mm -hmm.